I hope you just leave all of that in the recording. What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Good Games Live, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash what's good games. Today is Monday, May the 4th. Be with you, Brittany Brombacher. I am wearing my my pajama pants. I'm not flexible at all, but I'll see if I can (laughs) show you. Oh, nice. Did you it got work? Some, you I, got need, some... I need to get better at this shit. Like, this is as far as I can go. It's not good. <gasps> I think that that's pretty decent, actually. I'm really? also wearing my Star Wars shirt, too. <laughs> oh, God, it hurts so bad. <laughs> You're like, I'm old. I am old, and it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, whether you're watching us live at twitch.tv slash what's good games, listening on your favorite podcast platform, or at youtube.com slash what's good games. We're glad that you're here. Don't forget, you can be part of the show. Write to us at what's good games.com slash dear WGG with your questions, or you can always drop them in the chat, and we'll do our best to incorporate them into the show we've got a lot of news on the docket today but before we get to that i want to let you know about our awesome streaming schedule that we have for this week because we have a lot of streams happening this week Brittany. yes it's going to be an exciting one are you ready i'm ready Okay, up first, of course, is today's show. Plus, as I've been mentioning, at 1 p.m. after What's Good Games Live today, I'll be streaming with the team from Manticore, Inside Core, their game development. I want to keep calling it a platform, but it's also kind of a game. Hmm. We're going to be making live a game, a WGG hub world inside of Core. And if you guys want to join us once we get it a little bit built out, you can jump in. So now is your time to download the game and check it out. And for everybody watching or listening later, we will, of course, post the link to that if you want to check it out after the fact. And then tomorrow, it's Cinco de Mayo. And I thought, what goes better with margaritas than mayhem? <laughs> I'm going to be streaming Brother Hunting Grounds with friend of the show, Geo Corsi. From Ilphonic, the team that made the game. It's going to be fun, but you want to come, get Jared you come play? on here so he can do his Predator. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, invitation. I totally remember that. <laughs> From oh, the back panel? Yeah, that scarred me. How could you forget? No, it was really good. He was He's a gem, that Jared Petty. He really is. Ah, I haven't seen him or talked to him in a long time. Sucks. Ah, oh, Jared. Hope you're doing okay, friend. So that will be fun. We're going to be doing that at 5 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow. We're going to get started. I believe Rihanna might be joining me for that at some point, but it should be fun. I'm going to really just make Geo carry me the whole time because I haven't been playing a lot of Predator, and he's been playing a ton with no surprise. So hopefully you guys can join us for that. And then on Wednesday, it is one Christine Steimer's birthday. And if you guys heard the show on Friday, you know that she wanted to stream the rest of later daters, but we know that there's not much left available in that game because it's still technically in beta. And then after our rousing discussion on the podcast, we were like, why not stream some quest for glory? And she was like, yeah, why don't I? So So that's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. So we're going to kick that off at 1 PM Pacific time on Wednesday And then we're shooting the show on Thursday because Thursday morning, of course, is the Xbox Series X. Inside Xbox, we're going to check out some new gameplay. And then on Friday, it's Bungie Bounty time. I'm teaming up with Greg Miller from Kind of Funny for Bungie Bounties, benefiting Guardian Hearts, where we are going to hopefully raise some money for all of the frontline healthcare workers dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. So essentially, we're going to be streaming Brit in PvP. And if the opposing team kills us, they get this custom special emblem. And then if the teammates that play with us help us win, they get the emblem too. So essentially it's win-win. Mm, I'll say just throw Greg in front of you. I think he's pretty rusty when it comes to destiny. He'll be the easy target. <laughs> he really is. I haven't seen him online playing at all, actually. I jumped into the Crucible with some of the What's Good Guardians this weekend to try to um, you know, fine-tune my skills a little bit. I'm going to be playing a little bit more this week. But I still like, I'm still, I'm still like average at best. <laughs> you're, you're above average, Andrea. Give yourself Aww. some credit. Thanks, Britt. I really appreciate that. So it's going to be a very big streaming week for us this week. And then Brittany, two weeks, in two weeks, something special is happening. 
Well, are you talking about our animal talking or our stream? Oh, I was talking about our stream. I was going to wait to talk about animal talking, but you can talk about whichever one you want. Okay, well, I'm going to start with chronological order, which would be Friday, May 15th. We are going to be on Gary Wood's animal talking. I got to pick out an outfit because I haven't changed anything about my character since I started the game. Yes, that's a good call. I'm going to have to do some serious shopping between serious now and then. shopping. I think I might get Agora Majima snakeskin jacket, Ooh. which is in Yakuza. I know, because I'm a fucking badass. Anyway, that's going to be really fun. We'll have more details about that as the date approaches. But Saturday, May 16th, is our third year anniversary stream. Ah, three years. Holy I know. Isn't it exciting? It is. And we won't be able to spend it together. But thanks to the, te- the wonders of the technology gods. Sad panda. We can make some shit happen. But it'll be a fun day. We're going to have some Q&A. We're going to have some fun compilation videos. We'll be doing some gameplay streams. We have a lot lined up. And it's going to be Wonderful. And then the following day, Sunday, May 17th, it's going to be our Patreon stream day where people who sign up for our Patreon get to enjoy all of the exclusive streams that we do. Happy hour Q&A and an after hour stream. So much streaming. It's going to be great. So one more time as a reminder, if you do not have notifications set up for our Twitch channel, uh, now would be a great time to do that. Of course, this is your monthly reminder since we're now into the month of May that if you have not re-upped your Amazon Prime free Twitch subscription, we would kindly request if you haven't done that yet and you would like to give it to someone, why not What's Good Games? I don't hear any any responses to that because they don't have a reason, Andrea. See? That's exactly right. And on that note, that's enough of our housekeeping. Let's get into the news because there is quite a few things to talk about. Brittany, up first, we have got the Xbox Series X launch is on schedule, but next-gen games may be delayed. So Polygon wrote this little article up, and they essentially recap what we already heard from Xbox about Series X being on schedule. But now we've got new information from head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, who did an interview with CNBC last Thursday. Phil says, our teams are doing a really good job on keeping our hardware on track, Spencer said, when talking about the Xbox Series X launch date and the availability of consoles this year. I'd say that the bigger unknown is probably the game production. Just being honest, game production is a large-scale entertainment activity now, and you have hundreds of people coming together building assets and working through creative. On the hardware side, we feel good about our plans. There's obviously some impact to schedules, but overall, I think we're in line with where we thought we would be. On the game production side, I still feel good about it, but I also need to make sure that security and the safety of the team is the most important thing, but not unduly push when things just aren't ready. Microsoft's Xbox Game Studio hasn't announced much of its Series X lineup outside of 343 Industries' Halo Infinite, which is scheduled to arrive this holiday season. The only other first first party game that's been announced is Ninja Theory Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, but it does not have a release date. Next week, Microsoft promises, that's this week, of course, um, Series X gameplay led by third parties, but has not given a date as to when it's going to show its internal game projects other than sometime later this summer. Oh, what an exciting time to be alive. Of course, it's going to be a bummer if the software gets delayed. Of course. Yes. But it does sound like, for the most part, Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 are more or less on schedule, although there was that report from Bloomberg. I think it was a few weeks back saying that PS5 might experience some shortages. But, uh, I mean, cool. Yeah, I think this is, you know, instilling confidence in the consumer market is an important thing to do when you're the head of a large team like Phil is over at Xbox. I'm glad to hear that so far things are still on track for hardware launch. However, if key titles get delayed that's certainly going to impact its i think allure to first what's the word i'm looking for um early adopters for new hardware right so if i am looking at xbox series x and playstation 5 if playstation can manage to land a couple of big exclusives in the holiday window on ps5 i think that's great but I think PlayStation doesn't necessarily need that because they're further entrenched in the third-party market than Xbox is just by sheer install base. And so if you only were going to get access to third-party games, would you would you rather 
buy a Series X to play third party or buy a PlayStation 5 to play third party, knowing what's coming for first party down the line, if you could only choose one. Brittany, oh, do you have an five. answer? Do, yeah, yeah, PS5? PS5, I think. For us, I mean, obviously, I think that, I mean, oh God, but not being able to play Halo Infinite would fucking suck. But what but- if it's not coming out this year? That would fucking suck. It would be. No, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. And that's kind of what it all comes down to, right? Is what, cause we, we know Xbox just acquired all the, Microsoft just acquired all those new studios. So right, as of right now, what we know, I feel like PS5 is sitting pretty. I think Xbox has a great offering with their Game Pass and with their, uh, what's it called? Smart Buy or what, what is it? Where you, it's, it's called Smart Delivery. Smart Delivery. There you go. But when it comes to third party right now, I obviously, I think, uh, Sony has them beat. But seeing what, it's, it's fun to think what, what is Microsoft gonna have in terms of first party? And it's also fun to think about what games are they gonna announce this coming Thursday? But it sounds like these are all gonna be third party and probably not necessarily console exclusives. Right? Right, right. So we know that we're getting Assassin's Creed Valhalla, a first look at the gameplay for that on, on Thursday, which is exciting. I would imagine that we're going to see some other previously announced titles or maybe live service games that are doing expansions or seasons of content, things that, you know, are not too surprising. I would imagine knowing that Cyberpunk 2077 and CD Projekt Red have had a marketing arrangement with Xbox so far. I mean, Keanu Reeves on stage at E3 last year that we might be able to see something from CD Projekt Red. I think that we had a confirmation that they were going to show something. I know they confirmed with IGN's game summer of games and the other, there's so many. Oh yes. They, they confirmed with, we're going to talk about, um, summer fan fest or summer game fest, excuse me, in just a second. But yeah, they did confirm with that too. I would hope that we could see something from CD Projekt Red here, but it's possible they might wait. But. I have a little list of things I would like to see this Thursday. Oh, okay. In my, in my ideal Brit world. Okay, number one, I think we're due to see more Dying Light 2. And we talked about this on the show last week with them announcing Hell Raid, which is DLC for Dying Light. I think it would make sense. if they're like, actually, now that it's kind of on your mind and on your, on your radar, here's some more Dying Light 2 footage. That would be awesome. I was going to say that damn Fable game, but the rumor is, is that Playground Games is working on that. And they were acquired by Microsoft, so they would not be showing up in this showcase. What happened to Watchdog Legion? Watchdog yeah. Legion. That game is just like off the radar. Yeah. Hello. Like I'd like to see more of that. I have Remember that Harry Potter game? That leaked? The one that leaked? Yes. Ooh. In like 2018. I You know, that's interesting. I wonder if Warner Brothers would want to debut that at an Xbox event or know, if they would the want to debut it at their they- own thing. They were going to do their own thing, right? That was, well, I mean, if you're going to believe one Jason Schreier, who has a very good track record, they were going to do their own thing. That's when they were going to debut the Harry Potter game. And this Batman game that's been teased, that it feels like they've been doing foreplay with this Batman game for years now. And quite frankly, I'm getting sexually frustrated by it. (laughs) We need to like, we need to just like release and reveal the damn thing. So yeah, who knows? Like, who knows? Maybe not, but that would be great. There's also Elden Ring that was debuted at E3 last year at Microsoft's press event. Mm, which is the front yes. software game with George is R.R. Martin, your Game of Thrones man. Yes, that's correct. I'm just saying. And then, and then and this is the one that I don't think is going to actually happen, but it might, but it might. So Yakuza 7, like a dragon, or just known as Yakuza like a dragon, was just, just got a Steam page. What if it was announced? Or what if like we got our Western release date during this Xbox event? That seems like a win. That also seems Ooh. though like a Sony thing. Yeah. That seems like well, something that PlayStation would announce, but it would. They just got Kiwami and Yakuza Zero recently on Game Pass, but it ha- you're right; it does feel more like a Sony thing. But still, it could be a big win for Xbox, though, if they announce that Like a Dragon is coming to Xbox Game Pass. Oh, oh god! What if it debuted in, on Xbox Game Pass? That would be fucking insane. That would be amazing. That would be such a big win. It would cost Xbox some money. But it might be worth it. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen. But if it did, that'd be fucking incredible. Yeah. Anyway, Ooh. it's exciting. It's exciting yes. time. I was writing up my notes and I was thinking in my head for some reason that June is so far away. But oh, no, girl. It's next month. Yeah. Oh, it's E3 that time. would have started essentially a month from now. <laughs> That's wild to think about. 
God, um, I'm so sad. I know. I mean, I'm not sad for how not as busy I'm going to be because normally about now is when I start to get on fire with preparations for yes. three. But I am sad that I'm not going to get to see everybody and that we're not going to sit next to each other in all of those auditoriums where I love taking secret photos of you as you're reacting to the announcements <laughs> on stage. That part I'm definitely going to miss. I'm going to miss not being able to do a meetup with everybody downtown, but hopefully we'll get some cool things. In fact, we have some announcements. So let's just go ahead and and get right into it. The next announcement, EA Play revealed this morning that they're doing a digital-only event coming next month. Really not much to say here, Britt, other than it's going to be on June 11th at 4 p.m. Pacific time. So I'm committing to doing a watch-along for that right now. Oh, hell yeah. That sounds fun. We don't know what they're going to be showing. I think there's going to be some usual suspects, Madden, FIFA, something Star Wars related. Maybe it's going to be Project Maverick, the game that they leaked earlier yeah. this year. You know, maybe we'll see something from Dragon Age finally. I don't know, because I think they said spring 2022 is the earliest that game's coming. Because during a fiscal uh, Did report. they say that? Yeah, on an earnings call or something? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, <sighs> I thought that that was my first reaction, too, is Dragon Age, because that was announced 2018, the Game Awards. Yeah. Which feels like it was forever and a half ago. But as we've talked about, the game was just announced way too early or teased way too early. So I think every year from here on out, we're going to be like, Dragon Age, Dragon Age, Dragon Age. But it would be fun to see what, if Bioware has anything cool to announce. Maybe an Anthem relaunch? They did talk about in a website post that they did a few months back about how they're making some pretty drastic changes to that game. I would like to see that game have a resurrection, not too dissimilar from how Hello Games kind of hunkered down and did a lot of work on No Man's Sky that they originally wanted baked into the game before release. I would love to see Bioware kind of like Phoenix up on Anthem and be like, this is the game that we wanted to have, but we couldn't for xyz reasons but it also i think would be beneficial for them to potentially just sit this year out and say you know what we have nothing to announce we have a lot of work to do we're just going to not show show anything so mm-hmm. i just want peggle three where's peggle three <laughs> EA, Seriously, give it to don't me. give me like free to play <laughs> bullshit. Just give me a price game that I can play as long as I want. Cause, you know, they did that shit on mobile. Anyway, I would love a Piggle 3. Yes. That would be the best. And just give me cross progression. Mm-hmm. Let me play it on my, on my Switch. Let me play it on my phone. Let me play it on my console. Let me play Peggle wherever I want. The gameplay is not super intense. We should be able to accomplish that now. <laughs> Please. If Fortnite can do it, you can do it. I believe in you. I mean, Peggle okay. has the same amount of pull as Fortnite. It's true. Uh, I mean, I mean, the next concert will be held in Peggle. <laughs> can't you see? Can't you envision it now? Yes, I can. It's glorious. It's great. Um. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Continuing on with more air quotes E three esque announcements. Brittany, did you see that one? Jeff Keeley announced his summer game fest. Yes, is coming. This summer, it's all in the name, everybody, Summer Game Fest. So the announcement happened last week. So I'm not going to go over the announcement because, I mean, he basically was just like, it's going to be a four-month-long thing. Uh, Rebecca Valentine over at GamesIndustry.biz did an interview with Jeff Keighley about Summer Game Fest, and I thought he provided some interesting context to her. It was quite a long article that she wrote, a really great interview. So if you want to read the whole thing, please do go give her a click at gamesindustry.biz. But I pulled a couple pieces that I wanted to highlight so that we could chat about them. And the one that I want to show you guys or talk to you guys about is, um, let's see here. Uh, let me just read from her article. Uh, Keely describes the Summer Game Fest as less of a single event and more of a Google calendar for industry's digital showcases, game trailers, launches, in-game events, and free digital demos. He says it's not a forum, nor is it competing with other media outlets, not even with GameSpot and IGN, who are also doing their own E3 substitute events in June. His goal, he says, was to simply give the industry something to rally around. It seems to have worked, at least in that he has many of the industry's biggest names on board. 2K, Activision, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, Digital Extremes, Electronic Arts, Microsoft, Sony, Square Enix, Private Division, Riot Games, Steam, and Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment are all confirmed participants, and more are expected to Join in the coming weeks. Wow. One notable admission, Brittany. Nintendo. Where's Nintendo? No one. 
But Keely says he hopes that the remaining console maker will join in later as Summer Games Fest is open to all publishers and platform holders. Unifying the industry under a single banner is something Keely speaks of often. We talked about it last year upon the announcement of Gamescom opening night live when Keely was still trying to rally major companies that were falling away from E3. Things have obviously changed since then, of course, with COVID-19 canceling all live industry events for the foreseeable future and forcing major companies to reconsider how they market and showcase their upcoming games. So he had mentioned to Rebecca in their interview, a reluctance to embrace the idea of a digital global event was one of the reasons he himself backed out of what would have been E3 2020. Mm. We remember just, I think it was a month ago. Um, he, mm-hmm. along with I am Apit, who was on as a creative director for E3 this year, both publicly announced they were withdrawing from the event. And then of course the ESA later went on to say, we're not doing uh, an E3 digital event Publishers are going to do their own thing. And then IGN was like, we're doing Days of Summer. And then GameSpot announced their stream. And now here Keeley comes in partnering with I Am 8-Bit. It kind of makes you go, hmm. Um, So the article continues. It says that the platform holders, of course, will have their own digital events, which the other announcements will coalesce around. And those will be the heavy hitters of the season. But he adds much of the rest of Summer Game Fest will be focused around individual games doing their own events and announcements rather than each publisher or platform dropping everything all at once like we get during E3. He said it seemed clear that game companies will still be going or are still going to be doing events. But for a while, it was unclear if their timelines had changed because of the coronavirus and work from home. The demo that they were going to do for E3 is probably the first thing that gets cut out of their production amongst all of the platforms and publishers. Ooh, I skipped a line. That gets cut out of their production schedule because they're still going to need to meet deadlines. So there were a lot of conversation amongst all the platforms and publishers about what they were going to do. And it became clear that it wasn't going to line up two or three days where everything was going to happen. Those were the rumblings that I heard as well from the publishers Mm -hmm. that I spoke to saying nobody could really agree on what the dates were going to be since the E3 official dates were like still kind of up in the air if publishers wanted to use that week or not and it sounded like people couldn't agree on when they wanted to be ready to showcase their things and they were like why why be beholden to this artificial deadline if we don't have to anymore like if our teams need another couple of weeks to put together a really cool trailer or a demo or do like a gameplay showcase like why not take the time and i'm Mm, like that makes sense why this is like a four month long (laughs) event yes so it also is going to end with his Gamescom opening night festivities. So it's going to start in May and then it's going to end then. So it's kind of like the end of the season, which is really interesting because I think that's definitely going to have some kind of an impact on PAX. And if PAX West does end up canceling their in-person event, are they going to move to a digital format? What does that digital format look like? That's something for discussion, I think, for another time. But Brittany, so far, what do you think about what Keely has been saying about Game Fest? I'm just trying to wrap my head around all of this because it's so new. So just to break it down, the nitty gritty of it is it sounds like publishers are going to be doing their their announcements. Like we have um, EA doing their thing. I'm sure Microsoft will be doing their thing. I'm sure Sony will have, well, Sony and Nintendo do their own thing regardless. Yeah, and even though Ubisoft hasn't announced it, I can't imagine why they wouldn't do their own showcase as well. Right. Has Bethesda skipping? Bethesda right? said no. Yeah. Bethesda said no. Okay. So it sounds like those are happening. And from there, those announcements are going to be – what it's, what's focused on through these outlets. So we got Keeley's, we got GameSpot, and we have IGN. And so it sounds like, cause these publishers are working with all of these outlets. So I'm wondering, like, what is this gonna look like? Is it gonna be, okay, let's say Cyberpunk. We have a new trailer for Cyberpunk. So is each outlet gonna get their own little feature, and are they gonna get their own dev time? So I'm just trying to, like, wrap my head around it. I think it's cool, and I think it's great that so many are stepping up to the plate to still make it an exciting time for us. But it's it's going to be fascinating to watch how it all unfolds. Yeah, that's a really great question because generally for E3, the way that it works is you'll get an exclusive trailer on one of the platform holder stages. Well, you used to when <laughs> Nintendo and PlayStation both had conferences, but they haven't. Obviously, Nintendo not really focusing on third parties at E3 anyway. It's more of a PlayStation thing. And now it seems like Xbox is the only place to do that. And then if the publisher was big enough to have their own press conference, like a Square Enix, for example, they would do a longer demo or a different trailer on their own stage. And then if they would go to IGN stage or GameSpot stage or 
come see us at the Facebook gaming stage, right? They would then usually show us the demo that they showed all of the other media outlets. It's very rare that somebody gets an exclusive demo. IGN typically would get all of the demos first because they have the largest audience, but that same demo would then be taken to all of the individual smaller stages. Now for a digital only event where everybody's kind of eyeballs on one single stream, you kind of got to go, does that strategy work anymore? And I kind of lean towards, no, what's the point of showcasing the same demo just to a different stream when everybody can watch it? Now interviews, sure. If the demo was live and you could play through it differently, like I imagine if they had a live playthrough of Cyberpunk, that there'd be different options you could pick. And now if they allowed people to do that, that would be dope. Makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. It's going to yes. be fascinating. I'm Again, I'm just really happy that we're going to have something to look forward to during the season. And it's, uh, you know, there still be hype and announcements. And has any of these, has Keely said that, he's having any exclusive announcements have any of these platforms said that they're having exclusive announcements not that i've seen but i did want to read this he says that i think the idea of giving people playable content is only going to grow because he is putting an emphasis on wanting to do gameplay demos via like virtual queues Mm. he says now you have to download these things but i think there's a future where over xcloud or something you'll start to get to stream and play instantly i think these barriers are going to come down not this summer but in the future and i think we'll get to the point we'll be playable trailers where you can just have a really amazing four minute experience in a game and then want to check it out girl i'll give you an amazing four minute experience (laughs) i bet you would and playable content will be here across the summer but i don't want people to think i'm getting a cyberpunk demo now i'm getting a Halo Infinite demo. Not every game is going to deliver that promise, especially this year, given the work from home situations and development challenges. But conceptually, I think that's where it ultimately goes. He continued, I do think in a few years, we're going to totally digitalize and virtualize the consumer event space and make this content accessible to everyone for a limited period of time. I have crazy ideas of demos that have virtual queues where you get to play them for 10 minutes or something. I think that there's a lot of fun ways to replicate the urgency of a live event, but it's kind of silly, the concept of waiting in a four-hour line to play a game for 10 minutes. I get with the new consoles to hold the dual sense that's special and people will line up for that, but to play a demo of, I don't know, the new Avengers game? Come on, let's stream it in some way. I don't, yeah, I don't want the urgency of a live event. I like to have a nice relaxed time. <laughs> I don't want to wait four hours in a line. No, I, I'm with you, but I think that he's being a little bit reductive and that maybe is just that he's been so far from that magical moment of going into your first E3 for so long since he's been going to E3 for over 20 years that maybe he's lost some of the magic of the live event and what it means to people to just be in the room Mm. and why people are excited to wait in line to get hands on. And it's not just to wait in line for a 10 minute demo. It's to wait in line to see a behind closed doors theater presentation for a lot of these big AAA games and then getting to play a demo or just getting to see a behind closed doors presentation of a game that's coming out. And we know historically those demos are exclusive, right? Like they're only at E3 and then sometimes publishers will put them on YouTube like a month or two later. But a lot of times those, those demos never see the light of day. You either see them at E3 or you never see them. And I think that part of it is the exciting and interesting part about how they would do that over a digital ticket type event. But this idea of getting rid of live events altogether, I think is still a little pie in the sky, purely because a lot of the security reasons of sending demos or sending code that's pre-release out before it's ready to show. Uh, I think that very few publishers or, or developers are able to actually accommodate that and make a build that's playable on a variety of platforms ahead of launch that they just don't have the resources for that i think it's a really awesome concept and i would love to see that come to fruition i just think that we're multiple years away from that yeah oh no i'm just wrapping my head around it it's cool it's it's gonna be i because i mean i'm with you i think i think this is gonna go down well i think it's gonna be a good time i think ign GameSpot, and keely are gonna do some great things but I don't think it's ever going to replicate that feeling you get of actually being at the LA Convention Center, right? And, no. you know, meeting those people, meeting people face to face and making those connections and for devs and pubs, you know, like signing that deal and networking. There's just no, uh, 
you can't replicate that human interaction you get from that event. So I'm happy Mm-mm. though that it sounds like this is going to be a really great trial run. And I think it's going to be great if the industry can pull this off, especially because you don't know like when you might need to pull off an all digital event. But either way, it's going to be fascinating to watch how we all rally around it. Uh, but I do, I do hope we can get to some physical convention events pretty soon. Physical convention events. Yeah, I'm Physically. with you. I think we're all kind of missing that human contact at this point going into what is soon to be the third month of quarantine, which is wild to think about. And I also am with you, Brittany, that I love that intangible je ne sais quoi energy around in person events, live events, whether it be E3, Comic Con, PAX. GDC, you name it. Like, I don't want that part of it to go away, but I think that there's space to widen the digital footprint so that people who physically can't be at E3 can still share some of that excitement and, and have access to some of those demos as well. So I look forward to publishers getting creative and figuring out ways for that to be a thing. Higgy Bottoms in chat says, never thought I'd say it, but I do miss people. <laughs> <laughs> We're social creatures as humans. Even if we're not social all of the time, it's very rare that you stumble across somebody who never wants to talk to anybody ever. It's true. I mean, Steimer is as close as it gets. And even even she's been like, I miss you guys. And I was like, see, she does love us, Brittany. If Steimer breaks, then we know we're in some real shit. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, continuing on. This one, Brittany, I... the bullet I was like what the bullet points are even like reductive because like this was a long story and I was like I cannot read this whole thing so the next story is just I don't even know but we're just going to summarize it up yeah, Billy Mitchell everybody takes his Donkey Kong high score cheating case to court so over at Ars Technica Kyle Orland wrote a very detailed um description and recap of everything that had happened in Billy Mitchell's case and what's currently happening because he's about to go back to court. So in case you guys did not hear, in April of 2018, the Twin Galaxies video game scoreboard announced its findings that well-known classic gaming score chaser Billy Mitchell did not achieve his Donkey Kong high scores on unmodified arcade hardware, stripping him of his accumulated records in the process. Of course, Billy famously in The King of Kong, a documentary about this exact thing, him becoming the champion of Donkey Kong and having the best all-time high score. You may remember back then in 2018, it was a big controversy because it was discovered that he was cheating, air quotes, alleged, still like... What's interesting about this, as as Ars Technica mentions, Twin Galaxies never directly said that Mitchell's videos were created via the, um, the main emulation, where others have presented significant evidence that this indeed was the case. So... I wrote TLDR in the story because it it goes places. If you want to go and read everything that Billy talked to Ars Technica about, all of the court proceedings. Back in April of 2019, Billy's legal team filed additional paperwork, essentially claiming that he is going to fight the decision in every way he could and that he would be... Um, trying to get Twin Galaxies to rescind its decision and reinstate Mitchell's scores. And it's been just like... Apparently behind the scenes drama that's been happening. How I remember we covered this on the show and Mm -hmm. it was, it was fucking chaotic back then. So what's the TLDR is what here? Is he that he's going back to court? So he's going to have the opportunity to debate the issues about the evidence because he has in his complaint, Mitchell repeats his previous claims that the result of Twin Galaxies investigation was preordained and that it was undertaken with biased observed intent on generating publicity and internet clicks by accusing Mitchell, the most visible of all video gamers of cheating. (laughs) Listen, I got in trouble when I made fun of this story when it first came out. The kind of funny best friends descended on me like a swarm of locusts to tell me that I was a bad person for making fun of Billy Mitchell. But like, Listen, you, he's kind of doing it to himself, you guys. Okay. Yeah, like, hey, you like, know, let it go, is, dude. It, let it go. Yeah, you know, if, if this is something, obviously, that means a lot to Billy. Yes, and and, and to a lot of people in the coin right. up community, of course. No, and that's totally fine. Like, you know what? I want the truth shall always prevail. You go on through bad, badass self, Billy. You go make that truth float to the top of the water of lies or whatever the fuck. But 
it's just the funny, the most visible of all video gamers. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> like, hello, I have Andrea. I am the most visible of all video gamers. Hire me. I, it, it's, you gotta kind of laugh at it a little bit as to how seriously he's taking this. I also like can't even imagine what this is costing him in legal fees, but the, Next step is that both sides are going to have the opportunity to debate the issue once again in front of a judge on July 6th when they're scheduled to hear arguments on Twin Galaxies anti-slap motion, S-A-L-P-P. Whatever the decision, though, we don't imagine this will be the last we hear from this matter on Mitchell. And I was like, that poor judge. Can you imagine showing up to work and being like, this is the case that I'm presiding over? Is this... (laughs) Really? Really, guys? This is what we're doing now in court? Maybe Is this a good use of everybody's time? (laughs) Comic relief. You know, why not worry about Billy Mitchell? Yeah. I mean... Interesting. The saga continues. Indeed. So I guess we'll give you guys an update in July. I'm really excited, actually, about this. (laughs) It's it's like that cheesy drama that I need right now in my life. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening with Billy Mitchell? Um, Brad, do you want to go over some of these kind of bullet point in case you missed it? I do. Before we do that, we should just briefly mention that Naughty, Naughty Dog Sony has launched an investigation into the leakers of Naughty Dog, of the... Oh, did I skip that by accident? Yeah, because we went into E3 talk, so it just happened. Oh, yep. Good call. So let's go ahead and go back to that. Okay, yeah. So this comes through IGN. The Last of Us Part 2 leakers not affiliated with Sony, Naughty Dog, updated. The Last of Us Part 2 leak was instigated by hackers that found a security exploit in Naughty Dog's older games, according to multiple sources. Journalist Jason Schreier tweeted to say that a patch in an older Naughty Dog game inadvertently allowed access to the developer servers, allowing hackers outside the company to access footage of devs playing a non-final build. That corroborated a thread from an anonymous game developer, Pixel Butts who had earlier claimed to know the initial hackers and went into detail on the process they used to gain access. He also claims the initial hackers were not responsible for the leak, but that their method of entry to Naughty Dog servers was likely shared to those that disseminated the footage. Those leakers remain unknown publicly. But you know they're getting fucking scorched by Sony Legal, you dumbasses. Pixelbots subsequently told Kotaku that the exploit was fixed as of April 30th. Neither Sony nor Naughty Dog has made further comment on the situation since last week's statement that SIE has identified the primary individuals responsible for the unauthorized release of TLU2 assets. They are not affiliated with Naughty Dog or SIE. We are unable to comment further because of the information is subject to an ongoing investigation. We're looking forward to when The Last of Us Part 2 will be in your hands and can't wait for you to enjoy the full experience on June 19th. Wow. Um, Exciting. Hackers are still getting water balloons filled with piss thrown at your face. Mm -hmm. You are bad people. That's right. Can you imagine just having the time of day to figure this out? Like, there are people who sit on their butts and do nothing but try to hack shit. For what? Like, what good does it do to do that? I don't understand. I don't get it, Andrea. Like we said last week, I think people are just mad at the world. But the reason I said it's exciting is because I'm glad to hear that it wasn't an internal yes. person, like, right? That was the rumor last week that it was a disgruntled employee. And I'm super excited to hear that it wasn't because I was like, I can't imagine a world where somebody is so mad that they would do this to their teammates and their coworkers. Um, and how could things be so bad at Naughty Dog that someone would do this? It turns out none of that was true. <laughs> Thank that. That is a good, a good light of happiness but that doesn't make any sense also another happy note is that naughty dog has announced that the last of us part two has gone gold oh that means it's it's done everybody it's done and neil Druckmann put up a really cute well i don't know if it's cute sweet statement um just say how he's proud of the team and you know they can't all celebrate in person right now because you know social distancing and whatnot but um i am sad to say i have have had the game spoiled for me unfortunately some asshat went into the YouTube comments, which I would advise avoiding. If any any movie or video that has The Last of Us in the title, like just stay away from it. Don't look at the comments, but you know it's like my job to moderate our comments. And Except just our like, videos and our podcast, because we won't spoil it for you. We, we promise. Will. Yeah, but the comment sections, man, be be careful. Yeah, like <laughs> we'll say it again in case it wasn't clear. If you post spoilers, whether it's in our Twitch chat, on our YouTube comments, in our podcast reviews, in any of our social media channels, you will be banned. So don't do it. Yeah. There is a place for spoilers in the Discord where you use appropriate spoiler tags if people want to discuss those things. Yeah. But if you don't use spoiler tags and you post spoilers, the same rules apply. So just don't do it. 
Don't do it. This Don't is your message for Monday. What? Okay. okay. Well, thank you for that update. I apologize for kind of leapfrogging over that to go straight into more hey. E3 news. I just got so caught up. So caught up. What happens? Um, okay, then. Let's go ahead and get to these bullet points, then, at the end of the doc here. So we've got uh, a notification from the organizers of EVO that EVO 2020 has been canceled. They're pulling the plug on the event that was scheduled to take place the first weekend of August in Las Vegas. Of course, due to COVID-19, they said we are sadly canceling EVO at Mandalay Bay and refunding all purchase tickets. The health and well-being of our community is our highest priority, and we hope that everyone stays safe during this time. Another cancellation, Dota choose the international delayed indefinitely likely to 2021 given the highly volatile landscape for local gathering restrictions virus trajectory and global travel policies we don't expect to have enough confidence to communicate firm dates in the near future valve said in a blog post in the meantime we're working on restructuring the dpc season for the fall and we'll be providing more information as soon as we have it that's not surprising. I was chatting with some friends about the feasibility of esports continuing. A lot of the talks that I was listening to during Games Beat Summit last week revolved around the esports business and how a lot of people are seeing more involvement from fans. But the problem is, if you don't have all of the teams on the same internet connection, there's going to be inherent problems right. with competing at a professional level and so you really need those people in the same room but it's like well how do we do that from a standpoint to keep it safe do we do it without fans how can we do social distancing how do we keep the casters and all the broadcast teams around that safe keep the team safe because essentially if you're trying to get all the teams together in the same spot that means all of those people have to travel and all those support teams have to travel and so yeah. it's it's a really big boondoggle for high level esports teams to figure out like how they're going to continue to compete in the face of all the restrictions that we're facing. So yeah, it's a bummer deal. I really wanted to try to make it out to Evo this year. I've been one time and I'm sure I've talked about it before on the show, but I think it was about four hours that I just sat and watched a smash tournament and it was the most exhilarating and exciting competitive thing I'd ever watched. Maybe like, maybe it was more than that. It wasn't the Seahawks or in the Super Bowl, but other than that, I'll never forget it. And I had such a good time. And Vegas is just so fun anyway, especially when you yes. get the whole, not the whole, but when you get video game industry folks in there, we know how to have a good time. And it was uh, such a fun, a fun event. And I'm bummed, like, obviously, right call, but I'm just bummed it's canceled. Yes, I, I'm too. I was also planning to go. And yes, Boondaggle, I did say Boondaggle. It's like your siren call. You heard it. You're like, someone call me. I've been summoned. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and continue to run down these since I know we're getting towards the end of the hour and we've got to prep for our core stream that's coming up. Uh, some good news. Activision Blizzard has donated $2 million to help veterans employment impacted by coronavirus. IGN writes that they released a new fearless in-game content pack for Call of Duty Modern Warfare with 100% of the proceeds benefiting the Call of Duty endowment. It's Activision Blizzard's long-running program raising funds for veteran needs. The timing of this month's donation also is part of the National Military Appreciation Month, which is happening right now in the month of May. Social media campaign is asking followers to post photos or names of veterans with the Hashtag code fearless challenge. Bobby Kodak, the CEO of Activision Blizzard, said that military veterans need our support now more than ever. With unemployment rates at all-time highs, we know from past experience that veterans will be far more affected than ordinary citizens. With this donation to the Call of Duty endowment, we hope to find jobs for at least 4,000 veterans. So that's great to hear. Good job, Activision and the Call Yay. of Duty endowment. Helping veterans is important. And then, if you missed it, for May the 4th, Star Wars Day... PlayStation has announced that Vader Immortals is finally coming to PlayStation VR. Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series, is coming later this summer. The series will be available as a complete series with all three episodes and lightsaber dojos available for purchase together for the first time. So, Oh, you, my goodness. Did you ever play this on Oculus? I didn't. No, I was thinking about it, and everyone talked about it and said it was really good. It was one of the must-try games on the Oculus. But I just never got around to it. I'm not. I'm not really big into the star, the wars of the stars, Andrea. You see, that's true. You have yeah. mentioned this on several occasions. You know, and just like I'm not really the biggest fan of this next game that we have in the NKC. Yeah, what is this? I, I saw a blip about this. Oh my god. Okay, so I have it in our notes. Oh god, the nightmare. Okay, so Lord of the Ring Gollum screenshots have emerged. Lord of the Ring Gollum is a stealth adventure game from how do you say this? Dadalic. Dadalic. Uh, Dadalic. 
Did they, like, I've never actually tried to say their name out loud. Anyway, it was announced earlier this year for a 2021 release on Xbox Series X, PS5, and PC. So, this is a game that was announced. And I remember talking about this on the show. Mm-hmm. This was a God, it was announced earlier this year. And I remember being terrified of it because, okay, first of all, Gollum looks absolutely terrifying. I, I, I feel, like, repulsed when I look at this creature. Well, this screenshot looks a lot like Smeagol is still in the transition into Gollum. <sighs> and we were looking forward to talking more about this because it's really one of the first new Lord of the Ring games that we've gotten in a while. And I was not anticipating seeing anything from it this year, quite honestly, maybe teaser trailer, but I was thinking next year would be more like it. But I mean, it looks, I mean, it definitely looks like Smeagol. Oh, I mean, you terrifying. can see how much he's got like the wispy hair. That means that he's still, you know, like in the transition into the, to the oh. golem that you know of from the Lord of the Rings. If that's your only interaction, if, if you've only ever seen the Lord of the Rings, if you've uh. never seen the Hobbit, if you've never read the books, don't know anything else about, you know, Tolkien lore. But, so he used I to be a hobbit feature on this in early earlier this year mm-hmm. and through the feature they said you should expect stealth gameplay a dual personality mechanic huge levels and a move away from the violence that dominates other lord of the rings games uh you'll, and it sounds like it's going to be about a 20 hour experience so interesting i don't think i could ever play this i stealth games and me first of all don't mix you should you should have seen me trying to be stealthy and dishonored it ended within the first 10 <laughs> seconds of the game you're like nope i'm done nope. with this no i i tried but I, i'm just a fucking klutz in these games but i just i can't schmeagol golem it's all the same repulsive character to me and oh. Maybe maybe it would make for a good stream because maybe i can face my fears and try this game i don't know why i'm so just like oh. Let's play together. Oh. It'll be fun. That's okay. I do I do owe you that because you played scary games with me before and watched it's scary true. movies with me. So I do owe you a game or two. I had a post-it <sighs> note, BT Dubs, in my office that I wrote down, stream, watch along, cabin in the woods, Brittany. Stream, watch along. Oh, fuck yeah. Because I was thinking of ideas of more movies because we did the Mortal Kombat watch along and it was super fun and a lot of people joined us for that. I was like, what are some other fun movies that we could maybe watch along? And I was like, ooh, Kevin in the Woods could be really fun. That would be really fun too. I would also love to watch The Ring, but I don't know how many people would be down for that. <laughs> That's yeah, intense. Sweet. Yeah, Anna I already said hell no. She's like, nope. <laughs> she was I'm like, not, not you know, you know, Steimer wouldn't be in either. Oh no, she wouldn't. <laughs> she wouldn't. This is. Like, friends in chat, this is how it usually goes when, when we used to be able to get together. It would be Simer, Andrew, and I all hanging out, especially when you lived in um, San Francisco. We'll be, like, working late, whatnot. Simer goes to bed, and then I somehow always rope Andrew into watching a scary movie with me. She's, like, my ride or die when it comes to that kind of stuff, because Simer just won't. Yeah. I don't blame her for having a firm stance on what she will and won't watch yeah i respect it i respect it but you know i gotta get my my fixings in every now and again yes indeed uh and we're a little short on time to do dear wgg but a lot of you wrote in to ask us about what games that we're hoping to see at the xbox event on thursday which Brittany already had her very well prepared list for games that she's excited to see in addition to what we've already discussed we've got Elden Ring, Cyberpunk, Assassin's Creed, maybe some Watch Dogs. Um, I'm trying to think. I wouldn't mind seeing some more of Avengers from Square mm. Enix because that game, if you remember, was supposed to come out this month and got delayed until the fall. And we haven't really heard anything from Square on that game since then. So it's true. Could be a good time to see some gameplay. I would be interested in seeing more of that and trying to think of what other games that have been announced that we haven't already talked about that I would want to see. I mean, I want to see Beyond Good and Evil 2, but I feel like that gameplay reveal would happen on Ubisoft's own stage, on the Xbox stage. But I had such fond memories playing Beyond Good and Evil on my 360. Ugh. I'm just excited Gosh. for all of the times coming up. It's that exciting time of the year where you get all... Now we can start actually talking about game reveals and talk about those far-fetched theories of what games we're going to get, what games we're not going to get. I mean, I saw some people in chat talking about Starfield, like, LOL, no. 
No. Not only is Bethesda, I don't think we're like, going to get that not, this year. Yeah, they're not doing anything, but it wouldn't no. show up here anyway. But it's um, still fun to talk about it. For sure. And all that juice in the chat says Dying Light 2. Yeah. I would love to see more from Dying Light. We just talked about it on the show last Friday because they announced that the Hellride DLC for the original Dying Light is coming. And we, I was like, but what about Dying Light 2? Why are we talking yeah. about the original Dying Light? What the heck? Because spring 2020 was Dying Light 2's release date, and we are rapidly running out of time Ooh, for spring 2020 to happen. Gods and Monsters. Gods and Monsters is that Ubisoft game that looks kind of like Breath of the Wild that was announced. That looks really oh, good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's exciting. It is indeed. Brittany. Yo. Is there anything else? From this list that you would like to chat about? Nah, I think we covered it all pretty darn good. We really did. There was a lot of news today. There was. I'll just check one last website to make sure nothing is broke since we've started talking. Uh, no. We're good. Yeah, a lot of people saying Watch Dogs 3 in the chat. Here's the thing. It's Watch Dogs Legion, right, is the name of the game. Yeah. I, with Ubisoft very publicly talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I would be surprised if they had another giant AAA that they showed on the Xbox stage because I feel like those two would compete for attention against each other. I would imagine they're going to hold Watch Dogs for their own individual conference and just focus on one big title. But as far as like other publishers go, Gotta get that granny crew going in Legion. Yeah, man. Granny squad. Yeah, I think we might see something from Sea of Thieves, right? If they have a new expansion or new piece of content that they're working on. I don't know if the State of Decay 2 team is still working on stuff. We might see something from them. I mean, Microsoft has all of these new studios, but again, they kind of said that this is their global partners showcase for Series X. So we might see something from EA there, like if they wanted to show like a, like a Madden. Yeah, I have, uh, because EA also, we didn't talk about this, they have a new, they're adding a new sports title to their roster. And so it could be, they're finally bringing NCAA back. Um, they could be bringing UFC. They could be bringing, who knows? So that would be cool. Or, you want to go on a real far limb, they do a little, a little tease, Andrew, a little, a little strip tease, a little, a little sleeve down the shoulder, and they're like something with Anthem or something with a Mass Effect remaster, right? Oh, if they brought, if they announced the Mass Effect 3 remaster and said it's coming to Game Pass, I might just like full on faint, like in, on the spot. Make sure that you would be, faint in a soft that would be bed or something. Don't, don't hit your head hard. I'd be very sad. <laughs> oh, I'll be, I'll be careful. Don't worry. Okay. But, okay, good. Oh, someday. I'm going to hold yep. out hope that we'll get that someday, Brittany. <laughs> I just, fingers crossed all right everybody i think on that note we're gonna go ahead and wrap what's good games live for today monday may the 4th like i mentioned we want you guys to stick around we're going to be streaming with the team from manticore in just a little bit but for now we're gonna say goodbye we'll be back to read subs in just a minute enjoy the rest of your monday and hopefully you'll join us here at twitch.tv slash what's good games for lots of live content this week bye everybody